What is up, everybody, to the nations worldwide? This is episode 75 of the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to a couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that travel lifestyle. We are your hosts, Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. In this episode, we're joined by Mario and Joanna of The Way to Travel. They are a travel couple turned family travelers who are also luxury travel advisors and influencers behind the Instagram channel, The Way to Travel. We talk with them about their travels together as a couple and as a family traveling with a toddler and their decision to become luxury travel advisors. So without further ado, here's our interview with Mario and Joanna. Today we are joined by Mario and Joanna. They are the travel couple behind the Instagram account, The Way to Travel. They are luxury travel advisors and influencers, showing everywhere that you can travel in the world on luxury. You can find them on their Instagram account, at The Way to Travel. Hello, Mario and Joanna. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Thanks so much, guys, for joining me here. I want to get started to get to learn a little bit more about the two of you and what you guys are doing with The Way to Travel and maybe a little bit about, you know, your background about how you guys met and everything. Uh, well, first of all, thanks a lot for, for inviting us onto the, onto the show. We were, we've been looking forward to this for, for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, how did we meet? Uh, we met in 2007. Uh, we were living in New York City at the time. I was in I was in banking, so I was a I was a banker for for a few years, first in London, then in New York. And Joanna was working in corporate life as well in in New York, and and that's how that's where we met. And and we met actually while we were tra- we were uh, studying to take the GMAT, which is an exam you need to take before you do the the MBA, uh, because both of us wanted to get our MBAs, and we both wanted to do it in different parts of the world. Uh, so from the beginning, we sort of connected that angle that we we wanted to do something uh, similar and we wanted to really travel to do to do new things. Uh, so so once we'd been well, we, uh, we met in New York, we'd been there for a couple of years. We went off to get our MBAs. Joanna went to Barcelona. I went to Madrid um, and we got married in 2010 and we basically spent the last nine, nine ten years. years. Yeah. Um, basically traveling full-time nice and where did this you know you guys have been traveling for nine ten years now when did this decision to start the way to travel kind of come about i mean the way to travel was mario's personal account when it first started and you know we just posted pictures of our dog in an apartment um but basically i think the idea came from we were at a beach and i was reading this book called the four-hour work week and it just came to our mind and we we're like, wow, like, you know, you don't have to be in an office to work. You don't have to have a nine to five job to make a good living. And, and you know, just I think from that day, things started changing in our mind and just thinking, how can we make this happen? How can we be like just traveling and working at the same time? So I think that book was I don't know if you've read it before, but it's amazing. Like it just opened our eyes to like a different way of living. Um, from there, yeah. 
Yeah, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek is such a good read and something that if you haven't read it before, you absolutely need to pick that up and and give it a read. For it's perfect for starting this kind of lifestyle together for sure. That you don't have to be in an office. Yeah, exactly right. And we we uh, set up a business maybe a year or six months a year before we we read the book. And uh, I guess we were fortunate in the sense that you know we we were still building the business and. We were able to sort of mold mold the business to how we wanted it, rather than how how it's typically done. And the and the way we did it was that obviously we wanted to have a, a successful business, but at the same time it was uh, just as important for us to be able to to manage that business from from anywhere in the world. And the, and the book was great to give us some some tips to do that. I still don't believe that there's such a thing as a four hour work week, but mm-hmm. it definitely helped us in the, in terms of uh, uh, setting things up and and being able to set the foundations for the way to travel. With your guys, obviously, love of travel now, did you guys both have this love of travel when you met each other or did one kind of influence the other? How did that happen? No, I guess we both had it in each other. Like when when we met, we just clicked. Like we just started talking about this and, you know, this place. I would love to be here. I would love to go here. I would love to live here. Um, and it's not that common that you find someone that is so open to moving around and and being places and, and going. So for me, at least for me, that was like, wow, like this guy thinks exactly like the way that I think. And I hadn't found anyone that, that had that same mindset. Um, so I think from a very early stage, we realized that we were both, um, I don't know, like free souls. Like <laughs> we had never lived in a place more than two, three years or, you know, at the same time. So. Yeah, we worked out of between us. I think when we met, we'd lived in six or seven different countries uh, by the time we were 20 something. So so we had that in our backgrounds. And, and I guess that that was a great foundation as well. It doesn't mean that just because you've traveled a lot or lived in a lot of different places when you're young um, or, or the opposite, just because you've always lived in the same place. It doesn't mean that you you can't you you can't get up and go and start experiencing traveling and going to live in other parts of the world or or traveling around. I mean, we've met a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds uh, who have uh, who are who are doing similar things. But some of them some of them are even traveling a lot more than we do. Um, but yeah, so that was great for us to have, to have that background, and we definitely clicked, like Joanna says, on, from that perspective. And and the other perspectives as well. (laughs) For sure, for sure. And you guys went from travel couple to now travel family. So I want to talk with you a little bit about this later in the interview. But obviously, uh, things change in people's lives. And most people, when they uh, become, you know, make have a family, they have children, they tend to more settle down into a specific place and travel less. But you guys went about it a different way. You guys seem to be still, you know, on the go. Is this something that you talked about, you know, before ha- having a child that you guys would still continue on the road together and still kind of in- instill this love of travel with your with your children? Yeah, I guess we did talk about it, but I th- we decided to have Alessandra because we thought that that would make us settle down. <laughs> so we're like, okay, yeah, you know, we're tired. We've been on the road for such a long time, like nonstop traveling, like let's have a baby and we'll settle down. And then we realized that it was not because you have a baby, you're going to settle down. At least that's what we thought would happen. And it didn't like when she was born, we're like, Oh, where should we go? What should be her first trip? Ah, maybe we should go here and here, you know, and then we realized that that wasn't us. Like 
we were trying to like do something that it wasn't us really. Um, so she was born and then we just started traveling again and she's just incredible. Like in flight, she's incredible. She loves it. Her first word was plane. Um, so yeah, we realized that, um, it's, you know, she, the kids are really adaptable. Um, it, you just have to make them, um, the way that you want them to. And now she's a little pro traveler. Amazing. So I want to talk to you about all that later in the interview. But for now, I want to talk to you about travel, uh, the thing that we love. And I like to ask a simple two word question to all the couples that come on the show together. It's a simple question, but for so many, it has such a complex response. And that is why travel? Because, yeah, I mean, it is I mean, for me, the, the main reason for traveling is I think it opens your eyes to, to the world, to different cultures, uh, to different types of people, different ways of living. Uh, and I think that there isn't anything that that can add to personal growth more than actually getting out on the road and seeing what the world's really about. I think a lot of the time we're easily influenced by what we see on TV or read in newspapers. And that really isn't what the world's like. What you realize when you travel is that you know, it doesn't matter where where you're from, or it doesn't matter what uh, nationality you are, what religion you are, what race you are. At the end of the day, we all have the same drivers, and we all want very similar things. And I think that travel is really the the best way to to break down barriers, to break down uh, you know some of the political conflicts that there are around the world, or what we might think of other people, of other countries. Um, so for me, for me personally, that's that's been something that's really important, and it's really opened my eyes. Um, and I always say to people that, you know, the, the best way that you can, uh, grow as a human being is to get out, get out on the road. Um, and even, you know, when you look at it from, from children's perspective, it's the best education is being on the road as well. Uh, so that, that's something that's becoming more important for us as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it just, it, you grow, you grow as a person, you become more tolerant as well to different things and try to understand instead of rejecting something that's different, you embrace it. Um, and I feel like, and we've talked about this, that the more you travel, the more you realize you have no idea about anything. Like there's so much more to see. There's so much more to learn. And I think that you become a lot like uh, you become humble because you realize that you don't know everything and you've never been everywhere and you just realize that the world is just such a huge place. Yeah, I love the personal growth aspect of travel and it's definitely something that, you know, it comes up often that we all love to travel for this personal growth and it is a great educator for sure. And I want to talk to you guys about your travels, like where, starting with where were you last, where are you right now, and then where are you going to travel to next? Okay, we just got back from uh, Chile. So we were in South America. We got back last week. We were there for, for 10 days, um, exploring some really, really cool destinations like the Atacama Desert, uh, the vineyards of, of Chile, like a couple of, an hour or so south of the capital, Santiago. And we were also in the lakes and volcanoes district, which is just north of Patagonia, which was absolutely incredible. Amazing, amazing. And uh, where are you right now? We are in Miami. So we, our home is here. We hadn't been here for maybe like a month and a half. Um, and we're rarely here, but we like that we have a home that we can say, you know, we have a place to go back to. Um, so we're actually here in Miami. And 
And in a week or so, we're going to the Riviera Maya in Mexico. Um, we're going to explore the peninsula of Yucatan and all the um, the different Mayan ruins. So that's going to be fun. So we still, we still don't know because we're so last minute. Um, but we know that in about a week or so, we're going to take off. Amazing. Yeah, myself and Natalie just came back from Mexico. Well, back in May, that was our last trip. And yeah, we did the Mexico City and Cancun and it was a, a beautiful, completely amazing. Have you guys been to Mexico before? Yes, I'm actually from Mexico. Oh, amazing. Awesome. So we were, spend a lot of time there and it's absolutely, for me, it's one of the most incredible destinations. You have everything in Mexico. Absolutely. We, it blew our minds how beautiful the country was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the food helps and the mezcal and tequila helps even more, I think. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. The food is so good. The tequila, I, I could get behind the mezcal. I couldn't really stomach it. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll, it'll come to you. I mean, it takes a while to, to adapt to the taste, but for me now, it's like my number one favorite drink on the planet. Is I it really? I just love the smoke taste. I mean, it's a little bit of an acquired taste, I think. Uh, but once you really get into it, it's something that it just blows your mind. It's an incredible drink. And I find that it doesn't have the harmful effects of, of tequila or other spirits. You know, I can, I can drink three or four of them or more, and I'll feel completely fine the next day. Amazing, amazing. I'll have to uh, give it another try, I guess, that <laughs> next time I can actually try it. Sounds good. We'll have to trip together. We'll show you around some of the, the best places to have a, a, a mezcal in Mexico. Oh, that would be awesome for sure. So, I, I mean, with travel, you guys have obviously traveled many different places together. And with that travel comes so many different experiences. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. I want to get into those with you. Starting with what has been your most rewarding travel experience together? That experience that really just opened up your eyes to this love of travel or to a love of a culture or even a destination. Do you have an experience like that you'd want to share with us? Yeah, uh, I mean, we've been to we've been to Asia a lot. We know Asia pretty well. Uh, but when we when we got married, we actually our honeymoon we spent a month in in Asia in the Southeast Asia specifically. Um, and it was part of the world we at the time we didn't know that well. But we got really into the cultural parts and the 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 Hinduism, Buddhism, and seeing seeing different religions. Uh, the the architecture of of, of how temples are built, uh, some of these beautiful buildings, and that was something that really made us realize that it was a part of the world that we really liked and we wanted to explore a lot more. And we've been several times since, uh, and I think we we've basically seen almost every single country in Southeast Asia. Um, we just fell in love uh, in love with that part of the world. It has it has everything. And it's, it's, it's a place that's relatively easy to get to. It has, you know, great places to stay at. You know, there's plenty of wildlife. The food is amazing. Um, there are some amazing beaches there as well. But at the same time, you can be, a, you know, you, you can be at the beach one day and the next day you can head up north somewhere towards the Himalayas and see some amazing mountain scenery. So it has, it's a place that has a lot to offer. And we've been, we've back, been back several times since. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we, we love Asia too and the, the place that we've been to. It just, like you said, has so much to offer every traveler. And I want to talk to you too about, you know, travel comes 
these experiences that are less desirable or even desirable in the sense that they're really funny they're really hilarious or maybe you can look back on it and maybe it was awkward or embarrassing in the time but looking back on it it's it's funny do you have a story like that that was awkward embarrassing or hilarious that you'd want to share with us sure i'll tell you one um so Mario and I spent a month in Kuala Lumpur because we wanted to, well, it was a plan that we were going to stay one month in each um, location. So it was Kuala Lumpur and we had to do all the things that locals do. Um, so we went to this local meditation class, um, but we didn't even read about it. It was just like, you know, it was a meditation class. I didn't even look into it. So we went there and everyone was like this super pro meditation guru. And they were, they didn't even say anything. It was just like, okay, one, two, three, meditation. And we were there for maybe an hour in silence. And Marion, of course, we had no idea how to meditate or what to do. And no one told us anything. So we were just, and you know, and we kept on opening our eyes and we're like, shall we look? Shall we go? What are we doing here? Well, then out of the blue, they just stand, they stood up and they started walking around the room with their eyes closed. And we had no idea what to do. We were so, it was just so awkward. Um, and we were there for another like 40 minutes, like walking around the room with our eyes closed. <laughs> and then we were like, you know, we have to leave. So we we're like, okay, one, two, three, let's just run. And we run out of that temple. Um, and it was just so funny because, you know, obviously I didn't even read into it. I just thought, oh, this will be fun. You know, let's do something local. But I guess it was a really pro class. Um, but it was really awkward at the moment. That That's a really good story for sure. Now, when they started to get up and walk around with their eyes closed, did you guys kind of join in with that? And then that was like your lead in to get out of there? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we, we walked around maybe for like half an hour. <laughs> and then we were like, it's going nowhere like um but yeah it was you know it was the cue to we need to leave like this is too much for sure for sure excellent story and then with travel also comes these these less desirable stories these stories that you know you have to work together as a couple to overcome and obviously with travel there's lots of problems that you need to overcome do you guys have your worst travel experience or a bad travel experience that you'd want to share yeah, I, I can tell you one story. Um, I'm a big football or soccer soccer fan, and um, we went to the World Cup in Brazil in 2014. And uh, several months before, when they draw uh, who's in which group, like you know from that date where where your team is going to play. Uh, so when the, when the groups came out, I already had this little Excel sheet done. Okay, so if if my team or Italy is in this group, they'll play here. Blah blah blah. So I already had prepared on on where we where we would where we would need to travel. Um, and we ended up. The first game was in a place called Manaus, which is in northern, northern Brazil, and sort of the, it's surrounded by the the Amazon the Amazon rainforest. And when we booked, uh, it was really strange because there weren't that many hotels available at the time. I didn't know this, and now I know that, you know, especially for big events, uh, they sort of wait for the calendar to become available, uh, and then they release their rooms. And that happened, hadn't happened yet because, you know, I was booking on the day of the draw for the, for the World Cup, uh, not, uh, not at a time I should have been booking. So anyway, so I, I, I was panicked a little bit and said, shit, there's not going to be, there aren't going to be any rooms available. So I, I just basically, what I did was I, I booked one that didn't, 
I didn't look at the photos or anything. It just that it was at the top of the list. I can't remember if it was a promoted ad on Expedia or something like that. And anyway, we turned up at the hotel and it was like one in the morning and it was like horrendous. It was, uh, there were a couple of homeless people sleeping like in the, the lobby area. We head up to the room. It was like the corridors and the room were like a scene from, I don't know if you've seen the, the Saw movies, uh, the horror movies where like, you know, people are cutting off each other's arms and stuff. It was, it was, um, it was frightening. Um, and I was convinced I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna make it through the night as a as a married person. I was convinced that there was gonna be a, like a uh, a lawyer calling me the next morning asking for a divorce. <laughs> so so now now I'm very careful when I make bookings for 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 us, but even more so obviously for for, for no, other first, people. Yeah, Mario forgot to read the reviews, <laughs> and we read them. Like a week after we read them and they were like, do not stay here. This is like the worst nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's definitely up there for a, a, a bad hotel experience for sure. And I like to ask the couples that come on our show about these different experiences that they have because it gives, gives us a sense of, you know, what you've been through together as a couple and through your travels because we really feel travels really helps your relationship grow and i want to ask you too how do you feel your relationship has been affected by travel in what areas have you improved and and what what has travel done to your relationship together i think we've become more tolerant with each other and more understanding because in many places i realized that you know especially more remote uh, locations we had like it was one or two or three weeks. We haven't had a conversation with anyone else but ourselves. Um, so that's pretty hard. Like if, if you don't have a, the basis of a good relationship, it could be really hard to just spend two or three weeks with someone. Um, and I feel that that has helped us to, to develop more of our communication and be more tolerant with our, our differences um, because when you're out there, it's not like you can go and decide, you know, okay, fine, I'm going to leave. Like we were in the middle of nowhere and it was just us. So I think for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it was, um, it was that like being more tolerant. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no better way to get to know someone uh, than, than traveling with them full time for, for several weeks at a time or more. Uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily suggest it. If you don't know someone at all and you want to know whether it's going to work out to get out and get on a plane and go to the other side of the world and travel around for three or four weeks again, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a process to, to get there. Uh, but traveling is definitely a, a great way to, 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 to bond even more when you, when you already have good foundation. Yeah. But I would say advice, like take it, go for a weekend and then if it works out, go for five days and for a week. Uh-huh. Like, don't jump in and, you know, go for a month with someone you just started a relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. And that that tolerance is is really key in a relationship. And definitely travel is going to help you uh, become more tolerant, become more patient and learn these things that can be so uh, is so applicable to a relationship. That's why, yeah, we feel that traveling can really help your relationship. Definitely. Now. With travel comes a lot of planning, comes a lot of preparation. And I know you guys said before that you're more so like last minute, uh, you know, go with the flow. 
But also, I'm sure you guys have kind of evolved from a travel couple, you know, planning and preparing for your your travels to a family uh, travel couple where you have this child that you're going to be traveling with. And it's so much more that you need to think about in your preparation, in your planning. How do you guys go about planning and preparation? Do you guys kind of have roles that you play in this whole planning and preparation process? Or uh, how do you go about it? Yeah, well, I don't think that we've changed the last minute because we were just in Australia and we booked our flight like five days before and we were going with Alessandra. Um, But I think what's changed is that now we just don't, we don't take whatever flight, like we think about it and we, okay, we need to take this flight because at that time she'll fall asleep or she'll have a nap. So now all of our flights have to do with her nap times and how she's going to behave and how she's going to be feeling. Um, because I think, it, and I'm sure many people do that, but you know, you go for the cheapest or the one that's more convenient to you, but you really have to book what's more convenient for the children. Um, so I think that's the only thing that I feel like changed, um, when we were planning our, our trip, like the whole itinerary. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of planning in general, I mean, I would, I tend to do like the, 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 the bookings, uh, the, the flights. I mean, Joanna t- tends to take care of things that are going to be on the ground once we're at a destination. So for example, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. where we want to go and eat, where we're going to go, want to go and have a, uh, have a drink, you know, what are the in places, whether, wherever we're, wherever we're going. Um, so that's basically more or less how we, how we separate the roles. And I'll do, I'll do most of the logistics. So you, you mentioned, uh, going on an airplane with a child and, and scheduling it for the, for the nap times and everything. It's something that, uh, obviously as somebody who doesn't have a, a child yet wouldn't never consider. So I'm sure there's more of these things that you two need to consider in terms of when you are out there traveling, when you are planning, everything that comes with travel. Do you have any more advice for, you know, things that you guys have learned about traveling with a child uh, in regards to maybe being on an airplane with a child or uh, being at a destination with a child? Do you have any more tips in regards to that? Yeah, well, for, for me, I think, Something that I didn't know is that the hotels can help you. Um, they have a lot of things for babies, like uh, the bottle warmer, uh, you know, things to wash the the bottles. They'll have the crib. They'll have they'll give you, um, you know, like a teddy bear. Like the hotel has a lot of things. And I feel like the first time you go out with a with a child, you have no idea. So you take like a whole huge suitcase with you thinking that the baby needs absolutely everything. But I would say that just call up the hotel and ask, what do you have? Like, what are the things here? I'm traveling with a baby or I'm traveling with a toddler. Like, what do you have in stock that, that you can, um, you know, lend us? And for sure, you'll be surprised that they have loads of things. And that way you don't have to take you know, half of the house with you. So that would be like the advice or, or the thing that I've learned. Yeah. And um, one of the other things is that we would travel with, you know, a, a travel, basically a travel crib. Uh, and it's basically like an extra suitcase. And there really isn't, we don't travel with it anymore because mm-hmm. we realized after the first trip that, the, you know, the hotels already have them. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you definitely do travel with a lot more stuff and, and, 
you can you can really rationalize as well the stuff that you bring for yourselves. You realize that you know what, what half of the stuff that you take for yourself isn't as necessary as as you think it is. And when you have a kid, you realize that even more because your priority becomes something else when it comes to packing. Uh, so, so that's definitely something. And I think the, the point Joanna made earlier about the timings of the, of the, of the flight is really important because, you know, everyone's had a nightmare experience where they're, they're, they're next to or this, the, the row behind a screaming baby. Uh, and yeah, that, that can happen. They can have their little tantrums or they can wake up halfway through the flight. But it's really important where you are planning it that, you know, the, the timings, you, you do time around when the baby sleeps. So, for example, when we travel a long haul, we try to make sure that we get on the plane at around the time where she would sleep for the night. So that means at least the first seven, eight or ten hours of that flight, she'll, she'll be asleep and she won't wake up all, all cranky. Because um, when they do wake up cranky, and it did happen to us on a flight recently on the way back from Australia, no, from Hawaii, Back to, to mainland US, it was like maybe two or three in the morning. Um, we got, the, the flight was delayed, so we got on really late. And at two or three in the morning, she wakes up and wakes up half the plane. It was a little bit of a nightmare, but so that, that can happen. But uh, if you if you pre-plan, uh, you can you can minimize those risks. And has has having a child and traveling with a child has that affected the places that you travel to? Like, are you guys more choosy in terms of the destinations that you go to now? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, we we have been a little bit crazy because uh, she's been on like seventy or seventy something flights in in just under two years. Uh, so we're still flying a we're still traveling a lot. We're still flying a lot, but we haven't done. Uh, since she was born, we haven't done like really ex- two exotic destin- uh, destinations. Uh, so, for example, we haven't been to Southeast Asia or India or Africa, anything like that with her. Um, we've been more to, I would say, developed world locations um, since she was born. I can't think of anywhere we've been that's that's been more sort of rustic or, or mm-hmm. underdeveloped. Uh, so, so we've definitely changed the kind of place we go to. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel has been the best or your favorite or maybe even your daughter's favorite destination for a family, uh, specifically a family with a toddler to travel to? I think she had an amazing time in, in Australia. Um, because of all the animals, uh, the kangaroos are everywhere, uh, the koalas. So, and especially, you know, she's starting to to say, you know, the animals. And, and I think it helped her a lot from when we left, when she came back, she knew absolutely every single animal. Um, and it's really baby friendly. You have loads of zoos, um, the aquariums. So I think Australia is like one of the top places I would pick for for her. I, I feel like she had a, a better time there than like a few months before we went to the Maldives which for Mario and for me, it was amazing. Like we had an amazing time, but she probably didn't have that amazing time as she did in, in Australia. Yeah. I mean, she didn't know. She obviously at that age, they don't appreciate it. And obviously as parents as well, you you have to be a little bit careful when you're near the ocean or you're on an, an over, over water bungalow and, you know, you don't want anyone to fall into the water, especially at that age. So, uh, so yeah, but Australia was, is very family friendly, great hotels, great places to see. It's, it's easy to get about, and uh, people are really friendly. So, you know, it's not a radical change from, from being, from being in the, in the US or Europe. So, so that was, that's a great one. That's one we can highly recommend for families. 
Amazing, amazing. And do you guys have any more advice in terms of being a family travel, uh, a family travel couple, or even in terms of being a travel couple, in terms of travel in your relationship and how you should kind of approach things when you're traveling or plan things? Any more advice in terms of that in your relationship? I mean, one thing I would say is like sometimes I think when you're uh, when you're expecting a, a baby, expecting that, you know, you're starting a family, you think that your life is going to change. And it does. There's no doubt that your, your life does change drastically. There's, uh, that, there's no doubt about that. And you think that you're not going to be able to travel anymore. So I, I would take it a step back and say that isn't necessarily the case. Um, you, you can, you can continue to travel. You might need to change the way you travel, uh, once you have a family. Uh, the one point that Joanna made earlier in, uh, in, uh, in our, in our call was, uh, how babies are really adaptable. And they really are. I think that babies need to adapt to the parents and the outside world rather than the other way around. Because if you end up just adapting to, to, to the baby, then, then it's all going to become a bit messy. Yeah. Um, you won't leave your home otherwise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they, they adapt really quickly to, you know, I think that, our experience has been that uh, our daughter, she adapts to time zone changes, I think, more quickly than we do. Uh, and she, you know, she, she's fine with sleeping on, on planes. Um, so I think that babies in general are, are more adaptable than, than adults mm-hmm. are. Um, yeah, I think it's just the uh, mentality that, you know, we've grown into as a, as a society that, you know, when you have a kid, you you can't go anywhere. But that's not that's not really the case. You can definitely, you know, move around, go places. Um, and it's not about like because I have some friends that say, oh, but it's you and Mario. And it's not. There's nothing special about us. It's just that, you know, we have the will to do it. And, and we did it. You guys have put travel uh, high enough in your priority list that it's something that you guys definitely want to do and it's something that you want to kind of instill in your daughter to enjoy with you as well right yeah Yeah, exactly right because you know i always think that you need to do more of what you love to do and find out what you love and and we found out that it was travel so we should all do it as a family so do more of what you love now, I want to talk to you guys about what you guys are, have got going online and everything that you're doing there. Starting with, where did the name The Way to Travel come from? Hey, we were having, when we first set up the, the page, um, we were just having a discussion, you know, what should we call it? And we were randomly thinking about names and blurting names out. And, um, and one thing, Joanna's got a marketing background. So, so one of the things that she does when she puts, when she puts together brand names is, you know, thinks of keywords, um, brings them together to make a brand name. And I think that's what happened here. So travel and, you know, how do you do it? The way to travel. Uh, and the name was available. We were really lucky at the time. And today with all the accounts that are out there, it would be really difficult to come up with a, uh, it's, it's difficult to come up with a, with a good name, but at the time, because Instagram was a lot smaller and it was the early days of Instagram, it was, we, we got lucky and we were able to get the name. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad it worked out because at the beginning it was just Mario's personal account. So I'm glad we didn't call it Mario. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what kind of made you guys go kind of full steam ahead with Instagram as the channel that you were going to, you know, share your travels and everything that you share with it on Instagram? Um, I mean, when we first uh, started traveling full time, we, we were talking about 2014. Uh, so Instagram was relatively new. It was the, the in thing. It was hot. It was new. Uh, and I'm a bit of a weirdo in that I've never had a Facebook account. Uh, so I rather, I, I rather start, I, I started with, um, with Instagram, uh, because it was new, uh, it was trendy, but at the same time, it was more of like showcase for photography. Um, you know, we're not professional photographers, but we definitely like to take, we like to take photos and, and we, we like to showcase those photos and, and Instagram is a great way, a great tool to do it. And is there, uh, is there any, is there any uh, going to be a, a website that you guys have got going on with it? Because I know you guys are uh, luxury travel advisors and you guys are have been in this direction for a while. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, yeah. No, I think the Instagram, we now use it to show like our, our holidays. For example, if I'm working with a client and they want to go to the Maldives, I'll be like going to, you know, our, our Instagram and look at some of the pictures and, and let me know which hotel you like. Look at the Insta stories. Um, so now we use it a little bit more to to help clients have a, you know, like a feel for the place. Um, but we just started this because it, it just made sense of all the knowledge of all these years that we've been traveling. Um, and we stayed at some of the most amazing locations and hotels. It just made sense to to make um, make it a business out of it and help other people plan their their holidays. Um, so I don't know if you want to add something to that. Ed. Yeah, I mean, Instagram is a great way to showcase uh, hotels. It's a great way to showcase destinations, uh, to showcase your own travels. Uh, we haven't got at the moment. We don't have plans to have our own website. It's probably something that we're going to do at some point. Uh, but we are fortunate in that we we have a partnership with a uh, with a really big and really 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 good uh, luxury travel agency and network, which gives us access to some you know some great deals and uh, and great connections in the business. Which means that we're always able to not only are we able to talk to clients about. Uh, destinations they might like to go to, but we we have access to some some great deals and some and getting VIP service at all the same places that we've been to and others through the through the uh, the agency that we have the partnership with. So that's that's something that's uh, definitely a plus for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like something that's very different from us is that. Uh, from other travel agents is that we've been there. Um, most of the places that we recommend, I would say that we've, we've been there and we probably know like the general manager and the staff. Um, so I think that, that gives us a, a, a difference. For sure. Yeah. And I really love, you know, you guys really put some thought into having Instagram kind of be your, uh, your showcase, your, your portfolio to send your clients to because almost everybody has Instagram at this point and it's it's just the perfect place to send them to show them the visuals of you know what they're going to going to see and and to see if this is something that interests them for sure mm-hmm. yeah and there's also the other the other part of it is that you know when you when you go to some advice for someone there's nothing better than someone who knows what they're talking about has been there done that uh, and that's you know we we feel that that's definitely a, a plus from our perspective that people trust us because 
you know, that we can show them our shop window, which is the way to travel. Uh, and they can see, okay, these guys are legit. They've been everywhere. They know the places. They know what they're talking about. Uh, and, you know, clients, clients really appreciate that. So if somebody comes across your Instagram account and sees that you guys are uh, luxury travel advisors, they see a post and they really love and that's the, the destination that they want to go to. Can they just reach out to you on Instagram and, and uh, take it from there? Yeah, they can DM us on uh, on Instagram or they can send us an email, which is on the profile page is info at the way to travel dot org. And we'll take it from there. You know what we normally do with clients is say, hey, uh, what are you thinking? Where do you want to go? You know, what's your dream destination, or what do you? How how do you imagine your 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 trip working out? So we always focus it on on what the client wants uh, and put together an itinerary based on that. And it can even be just one individual hotel booking. Um, really, our only our only real requirement is that it, it is something that's relatively high end uh, because that's what that's where we get the the best benefits for for the clients. Um, um, but we do everything from, you know, you want to do a, uh, a weekend in Vegas. Well, we, we can do that for you. You want to do a 40, 50, 60 day round the world trip. We can do that. Uh, you want to do a cruise. We can do that. We can do a, a lot of different things and we have access to a lot of different tools, uh, which, which means that our clients get, get great deals and they get VIP service. And one thing that's, you know, we, we all know that's happened with our generation. We all remember that, you know, our, our parents or grandparents and they would go to the little travel agent on the corner and it was going in there sitting down. You know, we all, everyone has that vision and, and that changed a lot with the internet. That's true. It's changed a lot with the internet. But just because the internet exists doesn't mean there aren't better deals out there. There are, there are better deals out there and there's, the internet's not going to give you VIP service. The way to get VIP service is to do it through a certified luxury travel advisor who knows what they're talking about. They're part of a network. They're part of a, uh, a group of agents that have access to great relationships, great contacts. Uh, and that's what gets you the, the VIP service. Now, what made you to want to become luxury travel advisors? Is this something that was in your mind while you were traveling or did this, how did this come about? I think it came about that um, everyone was asking us, you know, for our advice. And then we, we just spent days and days like doing itineraries for friends or people that we knew. Um, and then when Alessandra was born, we thought, that, you know, we had this idea that we weren't going to travel, that we were going to settle down. So they were like, Oh, you know, why don't we do this instead of traveling? Um, because, and being a travel advisor, I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but for me, it's, I, I live the the holiday through my clients like I have some clients in India right now and I just can't stop looking at their insta stories and I feel that I'm there and it's just such a great experience and it's so satisfying to to see that they're having so much fun and it's just great so that's what we we decided to do it because we thought that we weren't going to travel anymore but now it's great because we're traveling and helping people to travel so it's like a dream come true and we would and we were contacted uh, a while ago. Oh, it was actually four or five years ago when we, had, uh, when we first started the way to travel. We were contacted by a high-end agency who wanted us to to work with them to be their partners. And at the time, it wasn't you know we were traveling a lot and we had a lot going on. It wasn't right time. But uh, about a year, a year and a half ago, uh, the opportunity came up again with them. We started a conversation, and and that's you know we 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 came to a, a successful uh, agreement and negotiation. And that's what gives us access to all of these these great tools that I mentioned. 
if you guys, you know, didn't decide to become luxury travel advisors, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Do you think you would still be kind of in the travel space or uh, like what would what would your life look like if you decided not to become luxury travel advisors when you did? I think it would be the same. The thing is that we have um, businesses in Mexico, so that's our main income. Um, so I think we would just be, we'll still be doing that. Um, doing our, our regular, um, business, but this is so much more fun. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. I mean, travel's a passion for us and I, I don't think there's anything better than, than converting a passion into, uh, into, into a business, which is what this is. Uh, so we've been very fortunate in that sense. Uh, so I guess we, we wouldn't be as excited as we are today had we not, had we not uh, gone down this route. For sure, for sure. Now, I want to close this interview with one last question for the two of you. And obviously, you two have been traveling quite a bit together. You've been to many different destinations. So you've definitely learned some things along the way uh, in terms of this this lifestyle, this travel lifestyle, and everything that comes along with it. So my question to you is, what is one thing you wish you had known before you started this travel lifestyle together. So something that you know now that you wish you would have known from the very beginning when you two started traveling together. I would say that it's addictive. It's, you know, traveling is an addiction. Like once you start, it's so hard to stop. Um, For me, it's that, you know, I was telling you that when Alessandra was born, we were like, oh, good, this is so great. We're going to settle down. And now like a a few weeks ago, I was like, Mario, I have this idea. What if we go away for like a year and we live in a different place and Alessandra can go to a different daycare every month? You know, it just becomes like really, really like an addiction. And um, for me, it's that like, uh, you know, once you start, you can't stop. And for you? Yeah, for me, maybe I think at the beginning when you first start traveling like seriously, um and going around the world to different places, to new destinations, you assume, I think you assume that things are going to be more difficult than they are. Um, and you, you sort of take small baby steps into it rather than taking leaps. And we mentioned earlier how, you know, when you start as a couple, it's important, it's important to, you know, to start with small trips. And, and yes, that's, that's really true. But once you decide that you, you know, you're a, you're a travel couple, uh, you've been together for a while, you're getting on really well, you've been on trips and you're, you're, you're loving it and it's for you. Uh, take the bigger steps. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be shy of it because it's, 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 the world isn't as complicated as we all think it is. There's no doubt there are some complicated destinations out there, some difficult places to get to, but in general, traveling in itself is a really easy thing to do. Uh, and and you adapt to the to the different time zones, to the different places, uh, to the different cultures you see. I think more quickly than than you would have expected uh, before you started uh, before you started traveling. I love it. I love it. Excellent, excellent advice, guys, throughout this episode. And really love your mindset about travel. And there you have it, Mario and Joanna sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I wanted to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us here. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. I just want to hand the floor over to the two of you. Let our audience know where they can check you out online and where they can reach out to you so that they can talk to you more about luxury travel. 
Sure. Uh, the best way to contact us is via our, our Instagram, which is at the way to travel. Uh, we respond to all DMs relatively quickly. Uh, the best best way to get a, a quick response to uh, from us is to email us at info at the way to travel Thank you to all of our listeners out there to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 75. That's this episode, episode number 75's show notes page. Leave a comment on the page and let us know about your luxury travel experiences. And if you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. It really helps us get this podcast into other people's ears. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie. Hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.